sweat it out. All right, everybody, welcome back to Minna Fandom. It's Menas on the road. So I've left Boston. I'm now in beautiful Connecticut, a great part of the world. And I'd like to say hello to all the listeners and goodbye to all the listeners who are going to leave when I introduce my guests today. Andy Mayo, goodbye, Tim in Canton. Dear Tim. Goodbye, 85% of the audience. Um, but Andy, welcome back to Minna Fandom. Let's say hello to the folks who will listen. Yes, hello, uh, Red. Red. That's it. Maybe Ziggy <laughs> Robinson. Maybe we'll get Kirk for five or ten minutes. No, he's gone. As soon as he heard you were the guest, he's, he's clicked off. Um, Andy, thanks for having me in your hometown, Putnam. Yeah. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah, so... Um, it's an honor. Thank you. Let's get into a bit of taking care of business. Sure. I love my favorite segment on the show. Um, so what did you think of um, the appearance this week in studio? I think... I think... Uh, I think Kirk did for you guys the nicest thing a guy in his position could do for two fans. Yeah, okay. How do you, how do you think we went? I thought that... Uh, <laughs> I thought the... I feel like the, you'll get criticized for not going at Kirk. Yep. But I also feel like it played out the only way it could, which was in a more friendly, ball-busting type of way as opposed to, a, you know knockdown drag out street fight kind of affair that's right the the biggest takeaway for me was that he clearly likes you guys and that i think he does appreciate you as a fan yep so it did it did it highlighted for me how pr- prior to if you if you guys had never done that mini fandom with kirk gun to my head i would have been like no matters he he hates you he would never do something like that so it just reminded me that you you never quite know what's for show and what's real and but I was I was pleasantly surprised that uh that he clearly appreciates you and Red and that he did that for you guys. I thought that was very cool. Yeah, it was super nice of Kirk to do that. Um the more I think about it, the more I realize though he completely played us. Yes. Oh yeah, cuz all you wanted was to go on KMS. Yep. And he deprived you of that. He did he did the nicest thing he could possibly do. Well, Still withholding from you the one thing you really, which was just a G, like quintessential Minahan. That's just a brilliant move on his part. Some Minah fans have said to me that in in a way, Kirk kind of almost bowed down to him. Said, "Look, you can come in and host the show in my studio." So I should see that as maybe even him giving me even more respect. No, <laughs> I don't see it. Please, that way. Mayo. Please. So let's go over the list. Uh, Rob Doherty. Tim and Canton, Steve from Providence, Chris Clemmer. What are you doing? DEC. You're trying to make me feel bad. Matt Carano. MHB. I'm just thinking of MHB, people that have been on KMS. Montante. 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 That ugly dog loving fuck. Ooh. Have you ever seen his dog? Yeah, it's not the prettiest dog. The worst dog in the history of dogs. But when. You know, they say that people end up. The dogs end up looking like the people, and the people end up looking like the dogs. Like. Mike and his dog look the same. Yeah, that poor thing didn't have a chance. No, absolutely no. not. Yeah. So, bad combination, um, those two. So, But you're not on that list. You know, you had this amazing experience that has, I don't know. But I have my own list. I have, I'm, the, I'm the only person who's been allowed to go into the studio and host this show there with Kirk. Yeah, so you are in a category of your own, but is it the category that you really wanted to be in? Put it, if you had your way, you would have you would say put me on KMS instead, right? 
It's not an ego thing like, oh, I want to be on KMS. Oh, I, I, why not? Obviously, I've been on a lot. I've called in. I've had my audio played on the main show dozens of times. It's not I'm, the same, though. No, but, like, I, I would have liked to have gone on not because I want to be on the show, but I would like to have been in a position where Kirk is trying to get stuff out of me. Like, Kirk put me on the spot. Yeah. I would like to have seen what he wanted to, you know, talk to me about. Did he make small talk with you guys? Absolutely. Yeah. It was like we were best mates. Um, beforehand, afterwards, he sort of had to head off to a lunch. And I, by that stage, I was still in, like, deep shock. So, but we were great mates, like brothers almost. Did you consider asking if you could tag along on the Andy Nolan lunch? I would have at least put it out there. You never know. He might have said, sure. Yeah, I bet maybe Andy Nolan's is a is a listener of Men of Fandom. Maybe he's a Men of Fan. Yeah. Um. Look, I I was so shocked by the turn of events that I I couldn't even consider that. Also, I had my like harem of Men of Fans at Halfway Cafe <laughs> who'd been waiting there to have lunch after the recording. So how could I disappoint John Peltier and a uh, blind prison Mike? Is John Peltier the guy who got? Pulled over for yep. DUI without drinking. Yep. Oh, that's him. Yeah. Oh, Lovely I didn't know guy. that was him. Okay. Senior citizen. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't look anything like I pictured, but nobody ever does. But no. um, on Andy Nolan, or quick random question: Were you ever surprised that he he's a he's a baseball coach for a high school team? Sounds like a good one. I was kind of surprised that he appeared on KMS, only because I always wondered like. Would Murchison go after someone like that? Like some of Kirk's straight-laced friends. I've, I was surprised. And that, like when he first came on, I was like, oh, I hope that doesn't come back to bite them. But I don't know if Murchison's still like up to his old tricks, if he still is active. I think you're particularly paranoid about that. Yeah. Yeah, you, I know. You were saying to me last night that you were worried Murchison was going to start going after Minifan. No, and... not that I'm worried about it. But at one point. You told me you can't sleep at night. Well, that's for different. That's because I got glutened. Okay. My stomach is <laughs> killing me from the inside out. No, my thing with the Murchison was I. I've got a toilet here. For those listening, I'm actually, for those listening, it. we're recording this in my hotel room. Yeah. And we've both just had a bath together, and we've got our towels on, and um, fresh sponges, Cullinane. Absolutely. Not reusing them. Exactly, fresh <laughs> sponges. Um, no, I don't. I, I think Kirk's old friends. Would probably be his most loyal fans, so they wouldn't care. Of course, care. of course. But I just, I'm always, I don't know. I, yeah, I think I always uh, maybe over uh, overestimated Murchison's deviousness because my mind immediately goes to, oh, he's going to try to hurt everybody connected to the show. But it doesn't really so work with a, a straight... baseball team, though. It works with a business, but you go, oh. you what, you, you write to a baseball club or a kids' baseball. Club yeah, you write, go, you write to the high school and say. You send the high school clip of Kirk screaming. No, we don't six need to times. give Murchison you, ideas. I'm just saying it's. It's not implausible. Well, I think you've, you've thought about this way too much. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Would have been funny, though, if I had gone out for lunch with Kirk, but I got my Kirk time. It was beautiful. It was a moment I'll never forget. It was, um, it was heavenly. It was like, you know, meeting Carl. It was a great day. Meeting Mike. Blind Mike was so much fun. Just terrific. Yeah, he seemed to enjoy it, too. Yeah. And, look, I was saying to you off-air yesterday... That I did think Red sort of hung me out to dry a few times because we had zero preparation. It was literally just walk in and do a show, which I had not given one second's thought about. And then 
because I'm an excellent show producer, I think, well, we're doing a mini fandom. So Red's here. He's got to have his little input into the show. But as usual, I always have to carry my co-host. Yeah, I think Red did. Uh, Red was the perfect partner for you in that. Cause he, he was dumbstruck. He just couldn't talk. Well, that's, I mean, he, I, I thought he took more of a, uh, a less is more approach, which I, I think thought was there was just less going on in his head that time. Yeah, but he chimed, fine. he chimed in a few times. There were a few times that you clearly needed him to rescue you. Yes. And instead of throwing you the life vest, he just pushed your head underwater. That's right. Uh, but then there were, I can't remember exactly what he said or what questions he asked, but there were times where it was like, well, no, he's being articulate. Mm. So I didn't take it as him being completely awestruck. Because he was able to, to, to speak and contribute, but it seemed more like he purposely chose not to at times. Yeah. Because it was. It was. It's not as big a deal that Red got in there. The, the storyline has been Menor's crusade to get in the studio and appear with Kirk, so he got out of the way. I thought, I thought Red, I thought it proved that Red is the ideal broadcast partner for you. Because somebody like me or Rob Doherty or, you know, whoever else would have been. Yep, 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 yep. We we would have been trying to jump in and make ourselves the show. Red Red stepped right out of the way for you. I mean, I appreciated that sentiment of Red's, but I, as I said, I just thought there were times he could have added a little bit of stuff into the pot. You know, he could have said, oh, man, remember what you said about Kirk that time? Or he, he could have, look, I was sitting there going, like, freaking out, like, okay, what what are we going to talk about? Like I was, not in a bad way, just like fuck. All right, I'm recording him in abandoned with Kirk. Yeah, and that's part of the uh, the psychological warfare mm. from Kirk. Because I didn't like throwing to... you in the fire with no prep, and then yeah, and then and then ridiculing you for not being prepared mm. for the fire. But which... I'm also not a show hater, so he no, can say... I think that's unfair. And I think I do this other podcast where I interview podcast hosts back in Australia, and what's clear is, and this is not just Kirk, this is every podcast host. I could say, say you, Andy, I could say 10 nice things about your episode about microphones on the network. Which was excellent. And I could say one bad thing about it, and you would remember the one bad thing and not the 10 good things. Yes. People have a negativity bias. But it would never be that ratio for me. It would be 10 negative, one positive. That's right. I was being kind. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And of course, there's nothing nice to say about the microphone episode. (laughs) I still think it was a decent... uh, Maybe the maybe the concept was okay, but the execution was terrible. No, the concept was bad, and the execution was bad. <laughs> um, you are good on air. I, I'm a big Mayo fan, so for those still listening, Red, Ziggy. Hey, Red. Um, VD? You think I get VD? I'm not sure. He'd be hate listening for sure. No, VD blocked me. I don't know why. Because he's a psychopath. Yeah. He's, he's a genuine nut job. I know. He told me he was so he was very like my my new uh, approach on Twitter made him sick. So I think mm. he just, I don't even know if it's that he hates me. I think he just pit, like pities me. Yeah. Doesn't want to deal with it. He kind of makes me sick. No, not in a repulsive way, just like, I just feel sorry for someone going through that sort of struggle every day. He did relapse on camera the other night on Meeting in the Minds. He was smoking a joint when he's supposed to be off the, oh. the hard stuff. Well, that's too bad. I hope At least okay. it wasn't crack. Hope he's okay, yeah. Yeah, I hope he's okay too. Um, all right, so since the last Minifandom recording, I've met some more Minifans. So um, I headed into JJ Foley's in, on Kingston Street in Boston, and that's where we're having the live Minifandom oh, on the afternoon so of the Wilbur. Scoped it out. So I met 
Gearhead Mike, a great minifan, lovely guy. Perfect for me, short, fat, grey. I felt fantastic next to him. And then I met a lovely minifan, Losing Minifat, who I'm calling Nazi Neil now. Yeah. Now, those who, of you on Twitter will have seen, I tweeted out a photo of Neil's grandfather, the Nazi war criminal. And can I just run you through this, like, series of events? So we're talking about Guy Geller. And I say, Guy Geller's story escaping from Hungary during the Holocaust really resonated me because resonated with me because my family did the same thing. And Neil proudly goes, oh, really? Guess what? My grandfather was a Nazi war criminal. <laughs> and he's like smiling about it. He pulls out this photo. He's like, oh, yeah. He, you know, he was designing the rockets that were raining down on London during Second World War. And then instead of hanging him in Nuremberg, the American government let him off and brought him over here to work on the rocket program in America. Well, because so he, he was off, just such a swell all, guy. Yeah, he got off all his Nazi war crimes. And so Neil's telling me this, and I'm like thinking to myself, I've never met anyone so proud of having a, a war criminal relative. Like, usually this is the sort of thing you don't tell people. Or when you do tell people, you're kind of sheepish, and you're, you're like, ashamed. you know, my family doesn't really acknowledge this, but, you know, for the sake of the conversation, like, Coincidentally, my family was on the other side of that yes. that conflict, you know, on the wrong side, and but not not the no. <laughs> he was he was a Nazi, but I mean, I, it sounds like he was a successful one. So I guess he's well, he got off his crimes. He should have been hung in Nuremberg with the rest of them. Did you tell uh, him that that he should have been hung? Yes, and yeah. like and Neil at one point was like Eileen Wright, and I'm like, yeah, no shit. Um, and that was his grandfather. Yeah, his grandfather. Yeah, and then he came over here and worked on the rocket program. Yeah, see, it's funny how we're not. Like you think of World War Two as so long ago, but it's only two generations that someone could be directly mm. connected to. I'm pretty sure it was his grandfather. I hope it wasn't his dad's. Anyway, all I'm saying is it's like I know, like you're going out to drinks with someone and like, oh yeah, my grandfather was Pol Pot. You know, I'm really proud of him. Or who? Pol Pot. You know that dictator in um Asia, Indonesia. <laughs> Uh, I'm flattered that you think I might know that. Yeah, well, who was some other, you know, Saddam Hussein? Oh, yeah, Saddam I know Hussein him. was my um, we got grandfather. Him. Yeah. yeah, we got him. What about some other famous murderers that um, people could be proud of? Kim Jong-un? Yeah, exactly. There you go. You know, you meet someone at a bar and they're oh, Kim Jong-un's my, you know, cousin. Putin. Putin, exactly. I'm out. That's You're all out. I got. Yeah. So, so that, but Neil was a great guy. Um, I only made about 20 Nazi jokes in the next hour. Um, it was just a stunning turn of events. And then from there, I went and I met a Kirky Walnuts and ARP Steve Robinson, two other great Minna fans. And then Daver from Hull came and, came, came and met with us. What'd you do with Daver? What do you mean, what did I do with him? Did you guys, well, because you had a tweet where he said he knows every strip club operator in Providence. Mm, so that made me that. think he was taking you on a tour of those establishments. No, he was just, it was just a sentence that he threw out there at one point. I could see Daver having... Oh, we had a belly dancer come around. In this club we went to with Kirky Walnuts and a, a beautiful belly dancer came around and that's when Daver told me he knows every strip club operator in Providence. He, I could see him being friends with strippers. Oh, absolutely. Like the guy that the like strippers get really excited when he comes in. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a very platonic. Yeah, and and they were great. Kirky Walnuts, ARP, Steve Robinson, um, Davis, yeah, great guy. Um, you could smell him a mile away. What's he smell like? Just cologne. I don't know if you remember when he went on the main show, but Kirk was saying, 
He could smell the cologne yeah. when he walked in the room. You got some cologne right here. Yeah, John Paul Gaultier. Mayo's going through my personal belongings right now. Check. I think it kind of, it smells like weed. Mm, it's very, well, I think you've got weed on the mind. I don't wear cologne. I can tell. Yeah. Spent the day with you yesterday. Yeah. So what's this brushing the teeth five times a day? Just the, uh, So, so listeners, can I just take you into this, like the window, into this guy's madness? Maddox has gotten quite the tour. We, we, we come out of lunch and then Mayo brushes his teeth in the car and he's yeah. like, Spitting toothpaste out the window. Yeah. And then he does it again after dinner. Now, I'm all for oral hygiene, and maybe you were expecting we were going to kiss later on, but... I just wanted to be ready. What's going on there? Uh, it's some type of deep-seated anxiety about bad breath. But I also think... I'm not sure if it's paranoia, because I think after I eat, after I have coffee, my breath gets legitimately bad. So, and I actually, there was no toothpaste. I just keep Listerine and a yep. toothbrush in the car. So I swish around with the Listerine, do all that, and then I brush. Sometimes I spit it out. Sometimes I just drink the Listerine. That's even My worse. My dentist told me, yeah, he said I shouldn't be doing that. That is disgusting. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't explain it. It was bizarre. I mean, we had a great day. We had a great barbecue lunch. Then we had um nice tour of Connecticut. Yeah. And then we... um. Had a beautiful dinner. I had some Ipswich fried clams that were lovely. And we saw the fireworks in the middle of Putnam, which was electric. That was, it was hopping. I mean, I, I, you know, some people have made fun of me on Twitter for coming out to Connecticut to see you. But this has been a real window into the average life of Americans. You know, I've done all the touristy stuff. I've yeah. done all the cities. I've. You know, I've been to D.C., I've been to Chicago, I've been to New York, all those people criticizing me. Oh, imagine coming all this way and seeing Mayo. I've seen all the big cities. When am I going to see Andy Mayo again? When am I going to see a specimen like you and experience the Mayo family? <laughs> I met Andy Mayo's mum who said to me, we were going over to see jumping castles, <laughs> and she said to me, oh, you might be able to export these to Australia, like we don't have jumping castles in Australia. <laughs> Reminds me of when my wife's late father said to me, do you, have, do you take visa cards in Australia? <laughs> I was like, yes, we do. We do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think she meant any. Uh, well, no, she's lovely, John. Been, yeah, could have been. There's far worse uh, faux pas to make with a, with a foreign visitor. Yeah, and then the other thing was, Mayo told me his dad used to be a Catholic priest. Yeah. And I was like, can you find out if he's either <laughs> um, been around pedophiles, any of his colleagues were pedophiles, you know, what's his experience with that? Yeah, I said you should ask him. Yeah. You guys had a good rapport. Absolutely. You could do that. Absolutely. Um, we've got some listener questions, but I guess, Mayo, I'm really concerned. Kirk you're is going to hate this. You're not, Kirk switched it He's off gone, like yeah. 11 minutes ago. Maybe even We should have done, we should have been KMS heavy at the beginning. Mm, well, I mean. Because that's what he said to you. He said he tunes out when it's not about, directly about him or the show. That's not surprising. Like that, that, that he did take over Mina Fandom. It was a bit selfish. Like I wanted to tell my story about the, the little kid Ryan rubbing his hair on me, rubbing his feet on me, um, coughing on me for twelve hours. But Kirk wasn't interested. It wasn't mm, about him. I thought that was a great demonstration of his instinct. What do you mean? Cutting you off. That story was going nowhere. It's. Can you imagine sitting on a plane for thirteen hours with a three-year-old boy? who has the longest hair in the world, is rubbing his feet and socks on you, rubbing his hair on you, and then coughing without covering his mouth. I'm sorry. Little Chase Cullinane next to you. It w- oh, 
I, I think even Chase Carnage better behaved than this little <laughs> crappy kid, Ryan. Um, yeah, but you said you're not going to the Wilbur. Nope. Why not? You know, as someone who's a, a big Minna fan who listens to every show, why not? <sighs> um, Is it because you have to, you'd have to get out of your car? There's a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of that. Um, no, I don't know. I sold. Well, I, no, I didn't sell. I actually, I got a, I refunded my tickets after Steve uh, castrated me. And I crawled away. I felt like I didn't, I didn't want to go. And now it's like, now I want to go. I think, especially as it gets closer and then during it, I'll have FOMO big time mm. and I'll regret it. But I also kind of feel like I was an asshole and I feel like I don't like deserve to go. You know, it's a big celebration. It's a big night for them. I was, a, you know, real irritant. They don't like me. So I was kind of like, yeah, I don't really, really deserve to go. She wow. Did, like they said, it's a celebration for real fans. And I was like, yeah, I don't really, uh, I don't really qualify. So it's a mix of that and a mix of like, I'm also not that, like, I don't go into the city for stuff. I, you know, I don't really do a lot. Mm. So it's a mix of things. But, yeah. Um, like, I feel like if you, if, if, if Kirk Minahan could say yes or no, let Mayo and Wilbur, he'd say no. Yeah, but like don't you feel like known. this is like a chicken shit pussy move? I mean, you're a big talker online. You, you yeah, but I'm not really. But yeah, but then like all of a sudden there's a show and you're like, oh, I can't go because I was mean to Steve. And oh, people might say mean things to me. I'm not oh, really worried, I'm not no. going to go. And I'm only an hour from Boston, but I'm still not going to go. I think the experience would be fine with other fans. Yeah, but I just think it's such a pussy move. Like it might be. Pe- people it might want to see you, even if just to hate look at you. Yeah, it might be. But I don't. I'm not going to go. Well, I can't but make if they did so- like if they did Sako again or something else, because mm, then you go. can stay in your car. Yeah, you can ask ask my wife about that too. Ask your wife about what about 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 staying in the car at Sako? Well, I will. She won't be on Minna Fandom though uh, to answer. And you you've got a delightful family. You can put her on. You have a de- it's okay. Um, you've got a delightful family. I don't know how you lucked out with that. I don't, I don't know if you brainwashed your wife or something, but she's lovely. Your kids are pretty. What's going on there? I don't know. Yeah. Just pure luck. Your genes must have skipped a generation. Yeah, I think so. They should, the kids got all the genes from your wife. They got my blue eyes, though. <laughs> That's some, right. Some of my lesser qualities. Yeah. Anyway, so just back so to wait, the wait, I think on, it's no, pathetic. No, no. Ba- ba- I think yeah. it's absolutely so back, pathetic. Right. You know, world... you're talking to someone that's come across the other side of the world to come. You're a better you live fan a, than You me. live you, an hour away and you, you deserve. Just like, I'm not you deserve to be there. Plus, some of it for me, too, is like. I got way too, I got way too wrapped up in everything. So now I feel like I have a really good relationship. Like I listen to the show, I enjoy it on Twitter. It's ball busting with people, but it's it's mostly just for fun and enjoying it. It's not like getting into fights or being trying to be a pain in the ass like I was before. So I feel like I I figured out what how I can interact with and enjoy this show that I love without going down this rabbit hole of unhealthy behavior I was doing before. Going to a live show at the Wilbur is not unhealthy. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to explain it. Okay, well, I, I just think it's a really pussy move. And also, in the end... Yeah, maybe it is. I mean, fine. Okay, I'm a pussy. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go. Okay, good. Um, yeah. I think in the end, though, you didn't do anything that bad to Steve. I mean, yeah. we were pretty whiny, but in the end, you you know, you were right about most of your stuff with Steve. I, he was a snake. Yeah, but, like... It really was like beating a drum, hoping if enough people complained about him, Kirk would fire him. And eventually, Steve just left instead. And eventually, Steve left. But I don't, 
I wish I'd been, I wish I had, I wish, I wish I'd done more like Ziggy where you were kind of like, he's kind of antagonistic, but never enough to really land in the crosshair, you know, whereas some of us, myself included, were really like, really well, going after Well, it was that one school. call, wasn't it, where Kirk asked you and I to call in and I called in and I got about 10, 15 minutes with him and then you called in and it got a bit whiny and Steve kind of destroyed you. That that was the turning point. Remember when Kirk asked us to call in? No, I remember that. Yeah, that wasn't when it all ended, though. No, but that from since then you were never the same. Yeah, that might. I feel like yeah. you like he clipped your wings a bit that day. Yeah, 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 and that's the thing too is like I can't take one one millionth of the heat that those guys take. So who am I to try to give them anything? Yep. You know, it's like know it's that. like a chihuahua. Yeah, yipping at a pit bull and getting mauled and being like, you can't maul me. You're so mm. much bigger than me. It's like, well, well I shut guess, the fuck up and yeah, get out of here. I guess one thing I've noticed in the, the 24 hours we've been together is you are gripped with anxiety <laughs> most of the day. <laughs> so I can imagine when KMS gets pretty hot. Yes. It can uh, get into your brain and you can be yes, yes. on Twitter the, all, all the time. Yeah, and, yeah. And I'm the same. Like, I, I sometimes I'm at work. And this is the thing, when... All you Mina fans are hitting Twitter the most. It's like nighttime here. That's just when my work day is starting. So I've got to be like, okay, fucking yep. get off Twitter. Work time. It's like 9.30 in the morning and focus. And sometimes it's hard, especially, you know, if I've said something, you know, controversial about Kirk and everyone's tweeting about it. You know, you want to get in there and respond, but you, you got to turn it off. Yeah, it's hard to, uh, It's it's easy to get, it's easy to get sucked in. And, it is. And it is like it's a, it's a testament to this crazy world that Kirk has created. And this really, like, it's, it's so corny to say, but, like, it's an intimate relationship with the audience. Mm. So sometimes I think when, like, when, when fans are critical of KMS, like, they should do this, they should do that. It's akin to, oh, the Patriots should do this, or the Red Sox should trade that guy. That's it's right. Like, you don't know what the fuck. At the end of the day, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You're just a fan with an opinion. I mean, I do. But Sorry, in, I but, do. But in Kirk's world, it's like Bill Belichick responding to a fan mm. and Bill Belichick saying, you're a fucking moron. Like, so then that almost feeds it, too, where you, you want that interaction, which is a really unique part of the show. Because I listen to a lot of other podcasts where you can tell for any host, especially ones who do things live where there's a chat and there's a lot of interaction with the fans, there's like a simmering resentment on the part of the host for the trolls in the crowd. But they never really acknowledge it. Whereas Kirk obviously leans into it and has someone like you or me call in. Or, you know, I, I haven't found anyone else who really engages with the audience, even the, the like negative part of the audience like that. Yeah, a lot of people um, ignore the negative stuff. It's fun to read out the negative reviews. I, and I feel like they've started ignoring more of it but i think that's good yeah, so where do you think the show is now like with you know steve i mean steve gone and then you've got mike carl Kirk. Well, well, are you happy with it yeah Give i always, some hot takes i always i don't have any hot takes no. what do you think of the show i i think the show's has carl met your expectations of what you thought he'd be like yes yeah i think cole's a better fit just because i think that um i think steve played into I I feel like Steve played into Kirk's anger more 
whereas Cullinane plays more into Kirk's like playful side. And I think the playful side ultimately is the side I always like most of Kirk. Like at the end of the day, I think he's just a funny guy. And that was what first attracted me to him at EEI. It's what keeps me listening to KMS is that it makes me laugh out loud multiple times an episode. And, and it's just funny. And I agree. And I think in the last year, Kirk's tried to keep the show lighter. He even said yeah. at one point he wanted to make the show a bit lighter. Yep. And I've tried to therefore make Minna Fandom a bit lighter, not quite as acerbic as some of my criticisms have been in the past. Yeah. And I and even and he said too that like certain interactions with certain facets of the fan base, of which I was a part. Like, weren't good for him either. Yep. And then, and so even then, it's like, even that would make me feel bad. Because I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's like I'm a fan of this guy and his work, but I've really just been an asshole to him. Yeah. You know? So I, I get that. I'm glad that they've moved in that direction. I feel like, I don't know, I just get, there's, there's a vibe to the group now of, like, Kirk's like the big brother in the room. Whereas with Steve, Steve always wanted to be kind of on Kirk's level. Whereas I feel like Cole and Mike obviously are better at being subordinates and having kind of the little brother vibe with Kirk. And he said too, when what was he on with? Uh, I don't remember when Kirk. Kirk said this recently though. I think he was talking about doing shows with Jerry, and he said it feels like work, and I don't want it to feel like work. And that, like, I realized like that kind of sums up KMS. Like he doesn't want it to feel like work so when fans have all these ideas of you should do this why aren't you doing that a lot of the stuff that fans are saying they should be doing it's like yeah i mean they could try to make it the biggest podcast in the world but that would feel like work mm. like he just wants to do his thing and he, he and what, wants to what, have a good time he wants to go in and shit talk with yeah, mike yeah he just wants to do a show that he enjoys doing and that and what the shape that that show takes is gonna you know change and can you see why Carl's stupidity frustrates some Mina fans? Yeah, if I was still as dialed in as before, like like with Ned, when Ned and Adam said their show didn't get uploaded, like, yep. if I was in their shoes, I'd be genuinely annoyed. And also like the abortion take where Carl's just like, oh, you just get on a plane if you can't get one in your home state. Yeah. Like, can you see why some Mina fans go, ah, and they shake their fist? But I think you've got to just laugh at that stuff. Yeah. You've just, you can't, you can't expect Cullinane to give you serious political takes. No. Like, Red's really helped me see Carl for what he is. Like, just laugh at him. That's what he's there for. You know, don't expect much. Just laugh at him. Yeah, and even if he says something stupid, it's kind of his job to be the dumb. Yeah. And what about Carl not doing as much Minifan stuff as maybe I'd expected? Um... With that, I don't know if it's Cole's fault or if that ship kind of sailed. Like, I feel like there was a real momentum with Minifan participation in the parody songs. And I don't know if it's that Cole came in and kind of squandered that momentum or if that momentum was gone already. Because I think Steve did a lot to squash that. And the fans, the fans did too, because even as fans are contributing stuff, then it creates this tension of, well, I contributed something and it didn't get played. Why not? And it, there's every time, every, the more participation there is from the fans, the more avenue there is for like drama and infighting about it. Um, but yeah, so I think, I don't know if it's just that the net, like the parody songs may have run their course, the network might have run its course. And now you look at Cully and say, you know, he should have made sure there's more of that stuff, but maybe he, it's just not there. He, he 
history has shown Cullinane doesn't handle those things well. He had the soccer videos. He doesn't play a lot of parody songs. You know, he hasn't, you know, I thought if Cullinane should have done something like Great Thinkers once a week, you know, have a rotating cast of Minna fans and do a little fan show that the main show kind of runs, which is not hard. You just get a Google document and you get everybody who's interested on doing it every now and then and you just, you know, okay, it's every, do it once a week. And I thought Carl would do more of that stuff. But I've I've accepted it, you know, Kirk doesn't care about that stuff. So if he doesn't, Carl's going to do what the boss wants. Yeah, what's the, va- well, like, how does that add value? Oh, come on, Kirk always reacts to good fan content. So maybe not every week, but if you had a a Great Thinkers or a Chris and the Minna fans, then if it's a slow week, there's, there's something there to make fun of. Yeah, I guess I would say that I would think they would need to have an intern or a, not not to, to blow you, but a fan like you who Thank said, you. I'll take that ball and you run can, with it. You can, we're in my hotel room. So. <laughs> there is a, wah, wah, there's already wah, wah. some stains on your bed. Yeah, so we walk in yesterday. A mayor walks into my hotel room yesterday and he points to the bed and goes, look at those cum stains. And that's the bed I have to like sleep in all you night. You know what though, matters? You had a little like dribble stain on your shirt. Really? Yeah. And then. Tooth, it, it, so that was toothbrush. Tooth, it, toothpaste. Honest to God, I, my brain just thought, oh, Menner's just spilled. Like, yeah. And it landed on him absolutely. and on the side of the bed. I didn't no. realize the side of the bed stain was already there. Yeah, it was so. already there. <laughs> but uh, what the fuck? What were we saying? I, I was going to say Justin. We were talking at lunch yesterday about Justin. Oh, no. you. But but I think with the fan content. Oh, yeah. I do think. Sometimes I wonder if Steve, if Kirk. They burned Steve out. Steve was doing too much. So sometimes I wonder if Kirk was also not pushing Cullinane on things like the network because he knows I, w- I want to give my this producer some more regularity in their schedule, especially because this is a guy with a family and kids, than the I don't prior think it's producer. That. I don't guy. think it's that. So, But I just think I, my advice to them would be have someone who Cullinane is supervising in charge of that stuff. Somebody like Justin or an intern who it's less of a personal burden to do stuff in the evening or on the weekend so that your professional producer who you're paying can stick to more of a regular schedule and then have a, a young guy up and comer who can do more of that stuff on the side with fans. But then that's why, again, I, I would say a guy like you would have been good to help handle that because you, you would do it well. Whereas Justin a few times has demonstrated maybe he wouldn't do it as well. Yeah. Or the other intern that, I don't even remember his name, the one they already got rid of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jack. Little Jack. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I think Kirk's sort of given up on all that stuff. But as I said, I think if Carl did a, a once a week show, what we were saying yesterday at lunch, Justin, the whole Justin thing is the weirdest thing. Like getting rid of this poor kid over a year and then bringing him back a few months later. And he's, yeah, Kirk said he brought him back because of the Clemmer stuff. But he's not that useful, Justin. No, Kirk has a. Uh, he's got, as much as he says like he doesn't want to mentor or develop anybody, he's got a, a. He does seem to take some pride in taking these young guys in. Like even with Harrison, even though it ended the way it did, mm. I think he really does look at Harrison and say like, "We helped you out, but you need to move. Like, you shouldn't stay with. Like, he wants him to move up and he wants him to do well, even though he's shitting on him the whole time." So with Justin, I feel like he 
wants to bring him back in and work with him, even though they'd gotten rid of him previously. But I also think Kirk just feels really sorry for Justin. I think it's a pity job. I think there's a lot of pity involved. Oh, he's like selling snow cones now. Yeah, but I just, I don't know. I think Justin... Because Justin's super loyal. That's the thing. Yeah. If Kirk said, all right, you know, we're doing a march on Washington, we're going to take over the Capitol building, he'd be like, I'm down for it. Yep. Yeah, and they just... And I'm not trying to liken Kirk to Donald Trump there. It was just an example. <laughs> yeah, they just... Justin, I would say, they need to do a bit more hand-holding than maybe they think is appropriate. Yeah. But I think that's the reality of it. And you, and you do that at the beginning, but then eventually you don't need to. But just things like with re- recording Steve from Providence on the walk, it's just kind of like, hey, Justin, do this. And their expectation is that's all they need to say to him, I think. I think. That's my sense. I don't know. what. Maybe there's more behind the scenes. Yeah. I've been wrong before saying, a lot. oh, why didn't they have this conversation? Lot. And then I, it, find, it turns out, you know, behind the scenes they did have the conversation. But, uh, yeah, Justin, I don't know. And even I like, I like seeing Justin come back and do well. I like seeing all the guys. We were talking yesterday about even Blind Mike. Like, it's cheesy because I don't know these guys in real life, but you feel like you know them. Well, you could meet them at the Wilbur. No, they don't want to meet me. They don't want to meet me. I don't. I don't want to meet that. Like, I'd love to meet them the way you did, but I don't. I don't need to like do a meet. Are there any Minna fans you would particularly like to meet? I'd like to meet Red. I'd like yep. to meet Ziggy. I'd like to meet Lauren. Rob and Tim. Lauren. Lo- yeah, lo- I like Lauren's always been very nice to me. I always. <laughs> Well, I did a rundown with Lauren, and I remember beforehand she was so nice. She was like, should I call you Andy or should I call you Mayo? And I was like, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> She's nice. Um, yeah, I'd like to meet those guys. The only, the, the only person I think I probably would not be okay with is Feather. Oh, yes. But that's just even like an oil and water thing. Like I think we're just – I just get this – I think I know a lot of people like him in my life. I don't like people. Yeah. I mean, I had um, High Blind Mike and Sneakers trying to meet up with me the other night. And I don't hate anyone in the Minifan world. I don't like High Blind Mike on Twitter. Probably a really nice guy off Twitter. See, I never even see his but tweets. He, he, yeah, he probably follow like them four all. people. Um, and Sneakers, I feel like he's probably okay, but every Minifan has said to me, I'm happy to meet up with you and any other Minna fans except Sneakers. Yeah. So that's not my doing. That's Sneakers doing. Um, but I'm, like, you know, I'm not particularly friendly with those guys on Twitter. Like, you know, you, like, the Minna fans I've met up with, I've corresponded a lot with over the last couple of years. Like, you and I am always messaging about yeah. stuff. Red, lots of other Minna fans. So, um, you know, I, I haven't yet to meet a Minna fan I don't like, even the fucking Nazi. Um, <laughs> But uh, <laughs> even the one that fucking gassed my relatives <laughs> and is proud of it. Um, they did it really maybe well, Neil, Maybe That's Neil and I can go and visit Auschwitz together on my next holiday and he can, you know, tell me where his grandfather worked. Oh, my grandfather designed this, this shelter here where they gassed them. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, but, yeah, so, look, I, I hope you change your mind about the Wilbur. I'm not going to. Okay, I know. We're, we're, let's keep going, though. Want me to tell my wife we're going to be late? Yeah, I, I want to answer the listener questions. No, let's yeah, just keep let's keep going until because I got more I got more takes. All right, give I, me more takes. I think the case season two is going to be a milestone in Kirk's career. You think it's going to be a milestone? Yes. 
I do you think because of the subject matter, it's going to really um, like motivate the local community. It's going to connect again. Like one thing I think Kirk did really well when he was on EEI, he connected with the common listener. You know, he was grounded. The stuff he used to talk about was grounded. And I feel like this new one with Dr. Dan will be the same. Yeah, I like that it's got a little bit more, it's a little more personal to him because I feel like it's, it's, it's Kirk. So anytime it's related to him, that's better than him just picking a, I mean, I know there was kind of and a local connection to Jennifer Faye. And it's such a relatable um, story, you know. Yeah, and it's an odd story. I mean, there's, there's, there's lots of true crime murder podcasts, disappearance yep. podcasts out yep, there. Yeah, about a little Australian man that went missing in Connecticut. Yeah, but I think, I think the Dr. Dan one is unique, and it'll let Kirk put more of his Kirk spin on it. Um, and so I could see it even in the true crime genre. I'm not too familiar with it, but from what I know, it's a lot of serial killers, disappearances, unsolved murders, but... Not stuff like that. Like it's kind of a weird fairground take accidents. On it. Yeah, fairground. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good one too. Like that's a unique one. Um, yeah, I think I think the case season two could be could end up being really big for him, and be a really like quintessential Kirk. It, I I I'm looking at this as almost like the case season one was uh, Kirk's warm up to jump into the true crime world. And I think case season two will be more of a true Kirk Minahan take on it. Because the case season one, I thought they, it felt like a rough draft to me at times. And I think, I know Steve Bailing kind of probably, it's probably no coincidence that Steve bailed and then things kind of fell off a bit in the last couple episodes. I mean, I think that's a coincidence. I just don't think Steve was experienced and knew what he was doing. Yeah. And I hope, that's one of my concerns is, so I guess, I thought if Steve was doing season two, he would have learned a lot from his mistakes in season one. Was I'm worried Cullinane's going to make a mistake because he hasn't done something like this before. Yeah, I wonder if, I always, yeah, I wonder if they, like when, when he said originally he wanted Harrison to produce the case, I thought, I thought that was a mistake only because it's a genre podcast. I thought maybe with everyone involved in it being new to that genre, bringing in an, Making an intern the producer who has no experience—he's not even an audio editor. Yeah, he's, let he's alone not, in that. Specific, he's a graphic designer. Yeah, let alone in that specific category. I thought they'd be better getting somebody with some experience making those types of podcasts to say, mm. "Okay, here's how to make a narrative out of it and make it all tie together better." I'm still happy to help Kirk with it as no, well. Uh, they, you can produce podcasts remotely. From they should Australia. take you. Yeah, they should take you up on it. Absolutely, associate producer, executive producer. I think you'd have a better shot. Kirk's assistant. You'd have a better shot being taken up on it if you did it and nobody knew you did it. Well, if Kirk reaches out to me privately and asks me, I won't tell anyone on the show. Okay. He hasn't reached out to me yet, but Kirk, my DMs are open. I'm sure he's hearing this. He'll he'll be reaching out. So we're recording this on Sunday, and they're recording a main show in studio tonight. Yeah. They, did you get the text? Did yeah. Get the call? I didn't get the call, and which is good because I'm not close and I don't really want to drive in. I would, though. I would do anything for Kirk. Um, but 
that's strange. I wonder why the schedule's moved. I wonder if it's because Kirk's got something with the kids tomorrow or is it to do with the mini golf? Um, oh, maybe. Yeah, probably. Because I think Barstool are going to do what they can to get Kirk there. You know, I haven't listened to that episode yet. Which one? The one where they talked about there was something with this mini golf schedule. Okay, and yeah. It, it, it just like, turns out it's like a seven hour trip each way. I was on vacation last week. Mm. I'm, I'm, I don't want anyone accusing me of not being a real fan because I haven't. I, I I haven't listened to that episode yet. Well, I think the mini fandom I did with Kirk and Mike that day has got better numbers than the main show. Did it have better numbers than my mini fandom? My solo. It's it's, it's going to be ironic this week because I'm going to probably have the most downloaded episode. And then the least downloaded episode <laughs> in the same week. This one, this this is a good show because it's just like talking to nobody. You know? I keep talking to the audience and they're not there. Just red. Just red on his own. Hey, Red. Hey, Red. Um, so you said you got more stuff on uh, the show? Give it to me. Uh, Kirk was right about mentoring Mike. Like he said, I'm not the guy to do it. And he didn't do it. But it worked out for Mike. Mike had to go get whatever help he got and Mike's doing really well and it worked out for the show. So he was right about that. I guess overall, and I didn't have time to properly articulate these things when I was in studio because, and people have said I wasn't critical of Kirk enough. There was like five people in there. So very hard when there's like five voices to really dig into stuff. So because you yeah, know, whenever, everyone has their little chirp, you know, do you go back and go dig into a point? Anyway, um, my point is that I still think Kirk maybe isn't the best communicator when it comes to his subordinates. No, that seems pretty. I think that's a fair. And I know it's conclusion. because it's a show and he likes to keep a lot online, but I still think, for example, the whole Harrison thing could have been solved with just one text message from Kirk. Don't worry about all this stuff. It's just a bit of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard to know because then they'll say to people, like when Harrison gets upset, they're like, it's just a show. Aren't you in on the joke? But it's hard, to, it's hard to tell what's... Like I said, I would have thought... I never thought a million years he would treat you as well as he did based on the way he claims to hate you. Yeah. In my heart, I was always like, oh, I, kinda, I hope it's just mostly a bluff and kind of like this guy. You know? And then it seems that that's the case by the like way he me. treated you. We're, yeah. we're like brothers. So that was nice. But yeah, I can and understand. With the, with the Mike stuff, I, I see what you're saying. Mike f- found his own path eventually. But there was a lot of hardship in there. He had to walk away from the show. Yeah. He had some real mental health battles. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying Kirk can be his savior or be the person that solves all these problems, but maybe the way he communicates as a boss could be a little bit healthier. But I don't think he knows how to do it. No, he might not. Yeah. I mean, that stuff's a skill. Like, that's a, you know. But what what's clear is from Mike's body language when I was in the studio, he doesn't want to go out to lunch with Kirk either. He's petrified of yeah. Kirk. He's very scared. Mike has struck a nice balance of being involved with KMS, but also kind of being his own island. He's and got not... his own stuff going yeah. on. And even when fans, are, like when people give Mike shit for not going out and doing stuff in Magnolia or whatever, or there was something the other day where what was it that Mike was like, I don't want to do that because I don't enjoy well, it. Well, in Magnolia, he was um, sat in his room eating almonds. Yeah, but it's like, I sometimes I think with stuff like that, it's like that's why Mike doesn't want to be an employee. Because mm. then he there's, there is no, like, there's no pressure on him to do that kind of stuff that he doesn't want to do. I say good for him for that. I also, though, the other day when Kirk was like, I would hire Mike full time, 
kind of like, oh, I wonder if, like, does Alba listen to the show? I wonder, that's got to be interesting to hear, like, hey, Mike, you could be getting paid for this thing you're doing, you know, whatever, six hours a week. I wonder if that creates any tension there, him passing up on it. But overall. I'll ask her at the Wilbur. Yeah, ask her. But I think it's overall, Mike, it didn't seem to make sense that he didn't want to get paid. But the more I actually see it in action, it now is making more sense to me. Because I think it relieves him of a lot of pressure to do more for KMS. As opposed to, like, he, he plays his role and he plays it perfectly. He's there and he's the best guy in that seat. And that I think that's the extent that he wants out of it. Yeah, it's a bit like, uh, again, yesterday at lunch we were talking about Chris Clemmer. And, and I was saying... You know, he should have done something like a Chris and the Minna fans. And yeah, I always wondered why he didn't. And, and you know, it, in that situation, like it's a bit like Mike now. Kirk can't ask him to do it if he's not paying Chris. Whereas, so it's got to be voluntary. Whereas when um, Mike was a full time employee, Kirk could ride him about not doing enough stuff because he was an employee. Whereas now he can't. And the same with Clemmer. Clemmer wasn't being paid. So deep down, Kirk may have wanted Chris to do more but he needed to see it from Chris's own initiative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Mike in the past too would do, like if Mike was an employee and doing, why are they laughing or why are you laughing? Kirk could be saying, why are you spending all your time yeah, doing this? what does this? that do for our show? Exactly. Yeah. No, Mike's done, Mike's done well. A- and I think Mike and Clemmer are examples of Kirk being wrong and fans being wrong because when Mike quit the show, you, you said it was career suicide. And he's back in the show twice a week. And he's back in the show twice a week, but leaving. So I was the show. right. No. Well, do, do you think he's if, doing better? Do than you think ever? if Mike was doing everything he's doing, but not on KMS, he'd have the five hundred Patreon subscribers? No. So it wouldn't be viable then. No, so but I'm it's right. Still, no, it's still no, it still worked out for him. It worked out for him because he went back on KMS. No, it worked out for him because he went and got into therapy and. Okay, that's a different his, thing. I said leaving KMS was career suicide. And he's gone back. I'm right. No. No, I'm right. No, you would be right. I didn't he, say it's bad him left, going and getting he mental health. and then was not allowed back, you would have been right. He's, he's turtled. He's like, Menace was right. I need to go back to KMS. <laughs> that's the only reason he's doing it. <laughs> no, but he knows it's, it's better for his career. And that's how he's got his Patreon subscribers. Clemmer, too, though. Like, Mike and Clemmer, to me, are examples of where if they had listened to the overwhelming consensus in the fan base about their decisions, they wouldn't be where they are. Everybody, everybody. Oh, agree, like, yes. It's fucking crazy. Agree. I have no idea he's going to get a job him. at Barstool. Absolutely. I, I was now, wrong on that one. And he just, he's like, uh, he's like, it's not unearned arrogance, but he's, he's like stubborn and self-assured, but it's working out for him in a way that's astounding to everybody Maybe even to him too. I think. I don't know, but it's it it's, is astounding. Everybody's everybody was wrong. Everybody was wrong. The the I think the like the fucking Clemmer, the Clemmer thing is I one of if not the craziest things that's happened through the KMS universe. Absolutely. When when I first saw the Dave Portnoy tweets, my jaw hit the ground. I was astounded that Portnoy was interested in this guy at all. Clemmers don't grow on trees in, in all time. I mean, it's true. It's true. <laughs> but he's, a, I mean, I'm happy for Clemmer. I don't necessarily see him as like a, Carano, I think always, Carano, I always got the sense more was using the show. Clemmer, I think, was a good fan who took the opportunity and then saw that maybe he could 
make something happen out of it, which I think is what most fans want. Like, yeah, I think most criticism, myself included, like it is rooted in jealousy. Like it's you wish you were doing what they were doing, and you're gonna voice that by saying what you would do differently mm. if given the chance, or you wish you could do what they were doing with them. So when they have a YouTube network, you're going to go on it and, you know, hopefully they'll react to what you do. And maybe that'll lead to getting invited in. You know, yep. it's everybody either wants to, everybody either wants to be like Kirk or be liked by Kirk mm-hmm. or a little bit of both. Yeah, I'm both probably. Yeah. Um, all right. Should we answer listener questions? Do we have time? Sure. As Mrs. Mayo. Yeah, I told him to speed without us. Okay, good. Even better. But, I mean, we should still meet him. Though. All right, so let's, we'll do listener questions, then we'll go. Get you some hot dogs. All right, this is from Ted Sarandis. Are Mayo's kids calling you Uncle Menas yet? <laughs> are they? No, but Haley this morning did say, are we going to see Menas again? She's a great kid. She's excited. Um, Ted Sarandis again. Do you think any Minna fans will trade blows at JJ Foley's? Ooh, that's a good question. I really hope not. I hope it's a peaceful coming together of fans of a great show. Blind Prison Mike is a wild card, right? Well, it or sounds sneakers? like someone was giving really shit to him at Sako. And, and he pushed think, him or something? Yeah. But I'm just trying to think, like, if there were to be fisticuffs, who would, it, who would be involved? Won't sneakers, be me. Won't be me. Could, could be the Nazi. They like violence. Yeah, yeah. That's a I good mean, question. If, if Jews turn up, Neil won't. Ha- Neil will get rid of them. Honest to God, though, like if anybody's gonna get physical, like that's the point where I'm like, just stop listening, stop engaging. Like it's a fucking. And I know okay. this sounds hypocritical for me, but it's like I've been there. I've gotten too wrapped up in it. Like it's. Yeah, but it's, you've never gone to beat the shit out of someone. No, but Montante said he's gonna beat the shit out of me. Well, I mean, it's but a very ugly dog. He just needs to accept it. I can't even tell you what his dog looks like. It's really ugly. Is it? It's like a black, <laughs> ugly dog. See, he doesn't know me well enough. That He's like the fifth minute fan who's posted a photo of their dog. And I just think it's so funny to be like, wow, that is a terrible dog. There's a new Twitter account called Montante's Ugly Dog. <laughs> That's Go not me. It. I only have the one. I only have one account. Okay. No burners. All right. This is from Brooks. Best place you've been to since getting to Boston. What about the worst? Best place would have to be the studio in Watertown. Oh, yeah. I didn't think of that. You haven't been in my above-ground pool yet, though. That's going to be hard to top. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it. It's classy. <laughs> and you, you've got, like, a huge backyard. It's like my whole family could live there. It's, like, massive. See, around, it's like a quarter acre. It's actually, like, around in my neighborhood, it's big. But when you get out into the sticks a little bit more, it's my yard small compared to what Waterford has. Mm. But thank you. Worst place I've been since I got to Boston. And I don't think I've been to a worse place. There's no, been no really bad places. I what mean, was the low? Was it pretty low waiting for me to take my emergency dump? Did that um, get you down? Were you like, what am I doing here? Waiting for Mayo to take a shit. And then two minutes later, we're like, oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> Not done. That was good. No, no, no. Um, no bad places yet. Um, could add to that list, though. All right, this is from Gearhead Mike. I personally didn't feel the Nazi vibe from um, losing Minifan Neil, but are you worried he put a tracker in your phone when he sent you that photo? I am worried about that gearhead, Mike. But I, I feel like Neil is just a proud descendant of a war criminal, but I, 
hopefully he's not a practicing Nazi. Hopefully. But if I see a van pull up out the front with like an exhaust going into the, the back, I'll be in trouble. <laughs> There's worse Just ways to go. Just a deep Holocaust joke there. Go to sleep. Yeah, it'd be a good way to go. Uh, Andy Mayer, can I please shit in your bathroom? No, you can't, oh. Andy. You can. I mean, if you can, if you really want to. But I, I mean, prefer, it's it's not it's not going to be a want. It's going to be a, to use you know, lobby. it's either use in the there lobby. or it's in this chair. Use the lobby, please. Uh, downstairs area. Why did you guys change outfits in the two photos I saw of you within a six-hour window? Because we're classy. Well, downstairs area. Billy. If you listen to this podcast, in that six hours, Mayo brushed his teeth five times. So changing his clothes once is unders. Yeah. No, um, we wanted to class area, it up a little. We class it up. We went out to the best restaurant in town. I'm not going to wear my Boston Bruins T-shirt and my sweaty underwear and stuff. I'm, I've got to, you know, look good for Andy <laughs> and Andy's wife and the local, the local ladies. The uh, fun, the funniest line of the weekend so far is I asked Menners if he thought um, an attractive older waitress was maybe kind of into us, and Menners' response was. <laughs> Obviously, there's a magnetism there. <laughs> <laughs> to us, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tim Rid- Ridgels, what did you rent for a car? So, interesting story, Tim. I rented a car, but when I turned up to the hire place, I'd rented it for next weekend. So, I rented the wrong date. So, they didn't have the car I rented. They had a, a Kia. Uh, but I was really lucky in summer they had a car for me because that would have been like, well. Yeah, you would have been fucked. You booked it for next week and uh, we don't have a car for you. But the guy was super nice and gave me a Kia, automatic. I, I mean, Tim, I'm tiny. Like a Kia to me is like a station wagon. It's huge. Even like a mid-sized car is like a big car to anyone else. How was driving on the right side of the road? Excellent. Nailed it. Um, did you and Mayo have a slumber party? No, but there was a lot of love in the air last oh, yeah. night. Yeah. You didn't want to be sleeping with me. I was yeah. tossing. Yeah. Farting, probably. I'm all fucked up. He was very gassy yesterday. All fucked Mayo. up. Gassy. And he kept gassy. telling me about it. Yeah. Well, hey, you're in for the, you're buckled in, man. This is the full Mayo experience. Allison in Boston. Hey. What has you, what has surprised you most about your interactions with Minifan? You ignoring all my DMs, Allison, oh. to meet up. Keep saying, come over, I'm free. And you never reply. It's been the most surprising thing. Um, this is from Tony. Did Red get alligator arms when the halfway cafe check hit the table? <laughs> I don't know what alligator arms means, but I get it. Now. A little, little short ones. <laughs> no. Um, Can I share what you told me about Red? What? You know what? Go on. He's a big guy, yeah, but I said that to him. You said he's fatter than me. He is, absolutely. Suck on that, Red. He's a bigger guy than you, like he's musclier. Well, I don't know if it's muscle, but his like frame is bigger. Yeah, he's no, you no, 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 no. Because I, I would not have been. He's he's he obviously a, lot more a bigger weight. person than he me. Carries a lot more no, weight you around. You said the fatter. Yeah, de- definitely fatter yeah. than me. And he wears. Menders really also bad. said I'm not as fat as he expected. Absolutely. Menders is not as short as I expected. You're actually exactly what I. I was expecting you to be what you are, but then Tim Riggles and Rob's reaction to you made me think, oh shit, maybe he's even shorter than no. I expected. No. I and am. better looking than you thought? Sure. Right. Yeah, Thank balder you. than I realized. Yes, balder and grayer. How come you don't just shave your head? Yeah, I'm getting that way. I'm actually getting that way because I have a burgeoning TV career 
And if you're on TV, you've either got to shave your head or get a wig. I took a photo of you last night. It's I'm behind you, and I had the flash on, and the fireworks are in the foreground. It's very, very tasteful, very nice photo. And is the reflection on my Your bald, bald patch. spot is just, I, it's like, even I was like, I'm not going to post that because that would be mean. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Ziggy Robinson, best and worst smelling minifans you've met. Do I smell? Mm. Okay, so easy one, this one. Best smelling minifan is Dava from Hull. Just beautiful cologne. You know, the sort of cologne you get at Walgreens or um, CVS. So the cologne oh, like smells the, nice, not him. That's not his musk. He, I, the fact is he's the best smelling minifan. I'm all musk. Okay, yeah. I'm, fortunately, I can't smell you from where I'm no sitting. No product involved. Worst smelling, I've got to say John Peltier at the protest. Yeah. He, he'd come straight from the gym. So he was in his gym gear. Okay. Well, that means he had a good workout. Good for you, John. Sweating. Yeah, Boris Hasselhoff. What did Mayo's kids say when they saw you? Not much. They were, they were really nice. Leah really? said something. I couldn't even tell what the fuck she was saying. He's just playing. Oh, Bluey. The Bluey, that's it. They were yeah. talking about Bluey. They love Bluey. Bluey, and is, a, your, Bluey is a legitimately your, very good show. Your mother, I think, was telling Leah that Bluey is Australian, and Leah did not believe your mom. I think she was saying... No, Bluey's a TV show. Oh, yeah. Smart kid. Yeah, Must yeah. Get that from your wife. Do you watch Bluey? No. It's I, great. I've seen it, but I, I, like, don't have little kids, so I don't have to watch that shit anymore. You know how it's kind of a woke thing to say, like, I felt seen by a movie? Like, when, when you feel like you were represented in a piece of pop culture, people are like, oh, I felt seen? Yeah. I feel seen by Bluey. The dad in Bluey is the closest in a, in a like, fictional of a, that a fictional dad I, it's the closest i've ever related to a fictional dad is the dad dog in that it's a fucking it's a tremendous show do you know when it when did it air in australia i have no are idea. they making more of it i have no idea i've been holding back on my bluey question um, let's leave it there um th- that was our what a pet red's parents watching segment <laughs> and we talked about bluey well may have gone over an hour which is Far too much. Sorry, no one's going to listen to it. No. Um. Any any parting words to the listeners? Oh, I wish everybody the best, except John Featherston. But even you know, whatever happens to him. Um, I hope the uh, I hope everybody has fun at the Wilbur. Right. Yeah. We were. I, mean, talking, I think actually know, most Minute fans will be happy you're not there. So. That's what I'm. Yeah. Nobody wants me. I wish you were there. I'd be a dick to go. No, you wouldn't. No. No, we would. Have, it would be fun, but I just, I don't know. Something I just. You really, chicken shit. Yeah, it's a mix little of, fucking pussy. It's a mix of chicken. You're a little shit. fucking pussy. And like Kirk said the other day, you're so, like, you've is, been so tough for this all is these a times celebration. on Twitter. It's a celebration. You love the show, though. I do love the show, but I didn't necessarily act like someone who loves the show. Well, as someone that has reinvented themselves a number of times in the KMS universe, it's never too late to turn things around. Yeah, people but, have extremely short memories. That's, I believe in you. I'd like, I would, that's, that's fine. But I like my, I like where I'm at. Okay, I like good. my little, like even this, I don't even want to do like shows like this. Because who, nobody, you know, I've gotten to the like point. He too, says that after just recording for an hour. <laughs> and yeah, a half like an I'm, hour in saying, I'm going to message my wife and tell her we'll be late. It's not like I'm, it's not like I'm, I'm not banging down the door though, like I used to. To be like, hey, can I come on? Can I do this? Can we do that? You know, Red and I have a good thing going. You guys are great. Yeah. You and Red do a really good. A really good job. He's good. I liked Adam, and I've I'd never listened to All Aboard before. Yep. But I listened. Uh, 
I don't know what it was recently that made me say, oh, I want to check it out. But they were better than I thought. And I like that they obviously like each other, but there's also like a, there's like an undercurrent of resentment from Ned towards Adam, I think. But I feel like maybe everyone in Adam's life functions that way I with him. I think he annoys everybody. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I like that. I hope Ned does well with quitting smoking. I, I DM'd him to say, Ooh, give him a tip that, that worked for me. You know, he turns 60 and then gives up the lung busters. And yeah. you could tell when we were chatting, he had cigarettes on the mind. Yeah, that's got to be, it's difficult. I reckon he's probably relapsed already. Sunflower seeds. I reckon he'd be back onto him. Yeah. I don't know. When I quit, I told myself, I never said I'm never going to have another cigarette. And that helped. Yeah. Because then if you go from 20 a day to two a day, you're not killing yourself saying, oh, I'm a failure. You know, it's like, okay, I'm tw- two a day is better than 20. And then you can get two to zero eventually. But you got to, like, ease mm. yourself. Cold turkey is tough. Although last night we almost bought a packet of cigarettes. Yeah, but that's my philosophy. Like, I, that's what I mean. I've never said I'm not ever smoking again. It's like six times a year I'll have a few cigarettes. And that's fine. Mm, good. All right, people. Thanks for listening. Sorry, uh, everybody. Thanks for coming on.